I'm Colin Ellis, and for 30 years I was a permanent employee of other people's cultures. What I wanted to know more than anything else during that time was how to create a great culture myself. So I wrote a book called Culture Fix, which is the world's first how-to guide for building great workplace culture. And in this, the Culture Makers podcast, I get industry leaders from around the world to expand on the ideas I wrote about in the book and to get them to share actionable things that you can do to create a great place to work yourself. And remember, listening is good, but action is better. everyone and welcome to another Culture Makers podcast. Now, as I've said before on the podcast and written about many times in books, there's really no set age or level of experience required to become a culture maker. All it requires is high emotional intelligence, a growth mindset, a good pair of ears, it's helpful, some different ideas, a willingness to be part of something bigger than yourself. And you know what? A sense of humor wouldn't go amiss either. And I'm delighted to have one such person on the show today. Now, Erin McCauley introduced herself to me at the start of 2021 when she recommended that her boss, Sharon Gray at Oz Harvest, be on the podcast. She then enthusiastically made the introduction and then Sharon and I took it from there for the opening show of season three. However, having spoken to Sharon about Erin, she doesn't know that, and then subsequently read that she is a HR superstar in the making, no less, I thought it'd be a fantastic way to finish season three by talking to Erin herself. And she joins me now. Hello, Erin. Hello, thank you so much for having me, Colin, and what a beautiful introduction. (laughs) And this is your, I believe, is your first ever podcast. It is, it is. So I'm very excited to be here today. Well, I don't imagine that it will be your last, given everything that I've heard. So, so really, th- what is it like three, four years in now as a career for you, Erin? Yep, yep. Three years into my HR career so far. So far. And you, you do you study HR at university? Yeah, so a bit of a background with me. Um, I started at university studying teaching. And then I went into marketing and I can't remember the friend that told me and I wish I could to thank them, but they came up to me and said, you should study HR because you will get a job in it pretty much. And so I started studying at Macquarie University, um, a Bachelor of Arts majoring in human resources. And it was really a turning point. I felt a bit of a loss career-wise. And as soon as I walked into these classes for HR, I really found my place. Um, I then got a job full-time and I worked full-time for the three years studying part-time as I did my degree and working my way up. Awesome. So we've got that friend of yours to thank for your career in HR. So what, what, what was it then that, you know, kind of when you started to study, what was it about the subject matter where you really felt like you could make a difference, Erin? It's the people. And like I said, I started working straight away as well. So the people that I started to work with in my first job at Uniting as a HR admin slash officer really just opened up my eyes and I just loved it. I loved jumping straight into it and getting on board with all the compliance and the admin stuff and then also getting to experience the more wider um, experiences in my first job. I, I love the fact that you love admin and compliance. Um, I'm not sure anyone's ever said that on the show, like the thought of, I've just had to fill in five forms to start working with a new uh, um, a new company. And I've just put it off and put it off all week. I'm like, I just don't want to do it, but I do want to do it. So I had to do it. So I love the fact that you love it. Is it that working with people? Is it that connection? Is it, you know, I mentioned at the start of the show being bigger than, sort of connected to something that's bigger than yourself. Is that the feeling that you get when you're working in HR? 
Yeah, so to be a little bit corny and I'm a bit of a cornbag myself is I feel that I'm in a position to change the way people see HR. And as a HR professional, we have actually an impact to change someone's lives. You spend more time at work than you do with your family and friends. So and we have such an impact on the way that we can make people feel when they enter the door. Um, and everything I do at work really resonates with that. I try and make sure that every interaction someone has with me, they walk away with a smile on their face. I don't want to be the HR person when they hear that I'm coming to the meeting, they go, oh, no, HR's coming. I want people to get excited. And really, that's what I think that HR should be. We are awesome. Love HR. Oh, my gosh. There's so many people on the podcast listening to this now be thinking, yeah, that's not how I feel about HR. What do you What do you think the traditional view of HR is, Erin? And then I'll give you what I think it is. Yeah, so traditional, like I just said, it's really that they come in at the bad moments, that it's when people have, they go a bad performance and they come in and they do the meeting and then they walk out. They come in with the warning letter and that's pretty much what I see. And a lot of my friends currently that they're with their current work, they experience that with their HR and I, it shocks me that this is what people experience when they interact with HR. Yeah, I, I did a I did an interview for a radio show yesterday, and they they asked me um, about HR. We were specifically talking about one particular incident in in Australia. They said they couldn't believe that HR didn't get involved, and yet my experience, certainly when I was a permanent employee, was they kind of did everything possible not to get involved in the big stuff and tried to make things hard. Now, I don't I, for those of you listening to the podcast, that, that feels really unfair. I'm not generalizing all HR departments because there are some absolute cracks. Like everyone I'm working with is an absolute crackerjack, but there are there's some really good ones. But I think the traditional view is that they're there to kind of turn handles process wise. Now you you know kind of very confidently say that you want to change the way the world views HR. So what do you think? I mean, are you Gen Z? Are you Gen Z? Would you say, Erin? I think you probably. How old are you? 25. All right. So you're kind of millennial Gen Z. You're just on the cusp there. (laughs) What what do you think kind of generationally the expectation is of HR now? I think that we, yeah, generationally, I feel that it has changed recently. However, especially with my team, we have a completely different generations within the one team and we all look at HR the same. At Oz Harvest, we all want to make our employees' days the absolute best. And that's myself, um, Sharon, and we also have another two HR professionals that we all come from, from different generations. So I feel like it's not a generation thing. It's a if you have the one in your HR role, you can do it and you can have that outlook as well. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. It's not a generation thing. I think the expectations of employees will be changing over the years. And I love what you said there about kind of, I'm putting words in your mouth here, but really um, defining the employee experience. So not not just adding it, adding to it, but really defining what a great employee experience looks like. And and I'm assuming that's some of the work that you're doing with, um, with Oz Harvest. Certainly, you know, when I spoke to Sharon, that's the sense that I got is that you guys were at the forefront of showing everybody else what great vibrant culture can look like yeah 
Absolutely, Colin. And it really is, we do strive to enable our employees to have the best employee experience. Uh, I also really, I'm such an advocate for the flexible work. And if you have to leave early to go walk the dogs or pick up the kids from school and that really flexible outlook, we also strive with, I am leading our diversity and inclusion project, which is a really big passion of mine. Um, Clearly, diversity and inclusion is such an amazing space to work um, in as well but yeah it's definitely all about that employee experience and showing that we can build that trust and that integrity space within the work yeah and it's I, you know certainly for me it's not enough anymore for organizations to talk about diversity and inclusion it needs to be a core part of how people act and behave erin you know i remember speaking to the head of hr for amazon when i was uh, researching for culture fix and she said oh you know diversity and inclusion isn't a policy we ask people to follow it's a lifestyle we expect them to lead is is that something that you're trying to embed within Oz harvest or it may exist already yeah, it is something that has, it, when you think of us, Harvest, we're obviously a beautiful, inclusive organization, but we can obviously always do more. Every company can do more with the DNI space. And we're really just um, investigating the ways that we can be more inclusive and yeah, making sure people can bring their full self to work. It's just, why would you not want that within your workplace? <laughs> Yeah, and and I think some organisations struggle sometimes to understand how to enable that. So, what kinds of what kinds of initiatives are, are you undertaking, or what kinds of things have you done in 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 your career to date to help people to bring their whole selves to work, Erin? Yeah, thanks, Colin. So we have just started our diversity and inclusion journey at Oz Harvest. One of the initiatives that we put together, we have created a network of amazing individuals that we have called ourselves um, big. So we're belonging an inclusion group because we're big impact, big on inclusion, big everything. And we're going down the path um, to help some key areas of diversity and inclusion. So we're focusing on people with disability, LGBTIQA+, and an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander. Um, I am in a very lucky position at Oz Harvest and also get to connect with a lot of other organisations that we partner with, really learn off them and get their, their lived experiences. So Big and I um, have started to put some initiatives around pronouns and acknowledgement of country um, within the workplace, training modules, but really we're going to be meeting more frequently in the coming months and then continuously in the years forward to see what else we can do and making sure that we have that continual of continuation of engagement with our employees and also getting what people want. Because we don't want it to be a PNC initiative. We want it to be that it's an employee-led initiative because it's for them. Yeah, that's right. And so you're supporting them in everything that they do. You're supporting them to be more inclusive and diverse, such that it just becomes a matter of, of what we do. And I think, you know, for, for, for many organizations, it's taken too long to get to this point, to the point where it feels like a huge initiative that they you have to invest millions of dollars in. Actually, what you're saying is we're just doing kind of smaller initiatives, you know, and I, I talk often that cultures are made up of small micro experiences. And that sounds very much kind of like the thing that you're doing here. You're kind of drip feeding it in to give employees that sense of, of what it is they're looking for, which all contributes ultimately to Oz Harvest's purpose. And so are, would you say that you're a purpose-driven employee? Do you, would you say that for you, whether you stay at Oz Harvest or move on in your career, that, that you're really looking for organizations to do good in the world? 
Yeah, absolutely, Colin. Definitely looking to always have, and all about the values as well for organisations would really be a driving point. But definitely all these little initiatives, but we are looking at the biggest stuff as well. Um, this is just yeah, an amazing journey that I feel very lucky to be going on um, with the amazing Oz Harvest family. Awesome. So so for you in your career, you know, you want to change the way that, that, that people view HR. What do, you, what do you think, Erin, will be your biggest challenges to that? Um, the biggest challenges to that, Colin, are, well, changing the way people view stuff. It's all narrowing down to it. It's change management. <laughs> it's that we obviously have to change the way people think about it. And I had to slip in a little HR term. So it's really just showing people the impact of it. It's really being able to yeah, show the importance of it and changing the way people see. And there is obviously a heap of articles and your book even that, that supports that the support that we can do and change the way that we interact. Yeah, I think I, you know, certainly from my perspective and having to- spoken to lots of HR managers, lots of conferences over the years, I think we need more role models. I think we need to, I think the media are very good at picking on the bad stories when it comes to HR and culture, you know, and things that people like me use all the time to highlight some of the things that are still broken and there aren't enough good news stories about HR. And so I think, I think you know, for me personally, over, over the past maybe 15, years HR has not been very good at promoting itself do you think HR is good at promoting itself Erin I I do personally Colin I think that there is a lot of you have to find the right information there is a lot of articles about promoting HR and the ways that it can change and view out there I think you go on Spotify and there's probably a bazillion podcasts that you can listen to about HR it's just it's flicking that growth mindset for people and making sure that they're deep diving into that. And I'm sure, yeah, heaps of people can find the information that they need for all why it's important with HR. So Oz Harvest, and, and having spoken to Sharon as well, is an organisation that really invests in its culture. Is that something you think organisations can do more of, Erin? Yeah, absolutely, Colin. And I think it's it's quite simple and there's simple things that you can do to really enhance the culture um, internally. We always do just some little examples is, and you probably picked up quite a positive person. So the way that I interact with people is that can-do attitude. And even within my team, um, and Sharon mentioned this in her, her podcast, we start each day with a huddle. And in that huddle, we go to what we're doing in our day and we have a fun little moment. Um, but we also say, does anyone need any help? And that's within our team. And that's what we do to the wider organization as well. And how easy is that to just say one sentence of how can I help you today and moving forward with that. And it's also having fun at work. We try and take a little bit out of the serious, but still putting um, our fun out there. We love a meme. So when we do a PowerPoint, we'll have all lots of memes in our presentations as well to really try and interact with organization. But it's really just, yeah, deep diving into how you can have those quick, simple wins with the team. Yeah, and that's the benefit of, of vibrant workplace culture, Erin, is you when you find a group of people who you kind of really enjoy working alongside, that engagement becomes easier. Moments of levity become much, much easier to do. So there is natural laughter and that enhances that positivity such that you don't feel that you ever have to tell people to be positive, which doesn't work, by the way. Do you know what I mean? And I think when you, when you see that in your people and culture team, it really helps to drive a different attitude towards the way people people think about engagement, culture, deliveries. Would you agree? 
Absolutely. And something that I'm also learning a lot about at the moment and that I hope to in my future teams that I will hopefully manage, that people also have different values. That at my team, we're all fun and energetic, but you're also going to have teams that are a bit more introverted and their values might be a little bit less I can jump in front of a crowd and do this. So it's also just getting to know your team and understanding what benefits and culture um, reactors that they can use and that they would like to go forward with. Absolutely. So when you think about yourself and, and what's next for you, I know you're really early in your career. You probably only just finished your degree and not keen to study again. But you mentioned podcasts. Kind of what else do you do to kind of understand better the future of work, Erin? Where do you go to find information to look how you as a people and culture advisor can enhance the world of work at Oz Harvest and, and beyond? Yeah, awesome, Colin. So I, as I mentioned, I'm a very big growth mindset. I always listen to podcasts. I read, I have a huge pile of books that my mum, who is my, yeah, bit of my inspiration, um, that has led me. But I also am very lucky. I have a mentor that helps me out a lot. But I also link up with a lot of people on LinkedIn and just have chats. So if you're one of those people that has given me 20 minutes, half an hour of your time just to have a chat about your space, Thank you. Um, But it's all about connecting with people and learning about their experiences. Um, As I mentioned earlier in the call, my immediate team and even my external team have such amazing experiences and I feel we can just connect. We do an hour um, HR happy hour every month with the HR professionals within my immediate team where we just really chat about recruitment, performance management, and we learn off each other so that if someone has a similar experience in the future, they already know how to combat and um, respond to it because someone else in their team. But just, yeah, love I love learning from others and listening to their stories. I love the idea of a HR happy hour. Although I went somewhere completely different with it and I thought, yeah, if you're having a HR happy hour, I definitely want to be there. I've got one last question for you. Um, when you look at the way that we work today, and I'm not specifically talking about Oz Harvest here because it sounds awesome. I'm talking about more generally in the world and, and the people that you interact with. What's the biggest bugbird, do you think? What, what's the thing that, that might change in the future as we, as we get better at using technology, you know, or the way that we interact? What's, what's one thing that you think might change in the future? Yeah, so Colin, I think we're already on the path of that really flexible work and that you can work anywhere. I feel COVID has really fed that forward, that we're all working from home. But I feel that in the future, it won't be the nine to five logging on it'll be people would be able to log on late at night get their stuff done and work with the hours that they can if they've got peer responsibilities if they've got other responsibilities outside of work I feel in the future we're going to be able to have a lot more people within the workforce because we're going to be a lot more adaptable and it won't have the set rules that we would have to follow which would be great which would be great and I think that what that does as well is it really lends itself to more trust greater empowerment I think there's a new skill set probably that managers will need to learn so managers don't have that right now I think organizations will need to 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 become more comfortable with not having with not being able to lay eyes on people but I completely agree I think hybrid work is is definitely here to stay uh, and it's something that I know you're doing at Oz Harvest because you're joining me from home right now yes i'm actually in my um, boyfriend's mum's study and so i have to thank nicole for the flowers in the background <laughs> 
We're thanking all of the mums, all of the mums, your mum, boyfriend's mum, anybody else's mum. We're thanking them all. Hey, well, Erin, it it has been fabulous to talk to you today. I I feel... I feel like I'm interviewing you and I want to interview you again in like five years because I know you're on this trajectory. I just get that sense of excitement, ideas. I get the sense that you really want more for yourself and it has been fabulous talking to you. And thank you so much for joining us on the Culture Makers podcast today. Thank you so much. I'll see you in five years. Thanks so much for listening to the Culture Makers podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to get notified when new episodes are released. If you've been inspired by today's guest, please share the link with your friends, family or networks. If you'd like to continue your learning journey, then why not join our virtual community of Culture Makers where our members share ideas to help them get a little bit better every day. You can find out more at www.culturemakers.community.